horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, welcome to Winning Ponies, and we appreciate you listening all the time. I'm John Engelhart, and let me run down our guest lineup for you tonight. The first one, known this man for, oh, let's just say over 20 years to keep it simple. But, uh, He got uh, quite a bit of coverage in the press and uh, certainly on TVG and the racetrack and, well, everybody's known him on the racetrack. His name is Tim Ham. No, not confusing him with Tom Ham. We've had his brother on uh, a few times uh, talking about the breeding game and the fact that uh, he came up with his brother uh, together uh, with their father. And uh, he did uh, train briefly on the Ohio circuit and then uh, decided that he uh, uh, got recognized and was brought down to Lexington. And right now, he's uh, very involved in uh, the stallion management uh, at uh, Three Chimneys. That's Tom Ham. We're going to be talking to Tim Ham, and I hope you had a chance to uh, look at one of the races we handicapped last week, and that was the Frisette. Now, uh, uh, the name of the horse, I picked it on the show last week. Eric thought I was crazy because of the layoff. Uh, Day Out of the Office is the name of the filly. And she is now probably the Breeders' Cup two-year-old favorite. Day out of the office is uh, by Into Mischief. Uh, So I think you got something going there. Tim is also uh, part owner of Day out of the office with Sienna Farm, uh, who bred the filly. But uh, uh, favoritism, odds on, went went to uh, Vquist, but... uh, Day out of the office after being uh, raided for the first part of the race by Junior Alvarado. Just kept moving forward, moving forward, and pulled away to win by two. And let me tell you, she is one good-looking filly. So we're going to talk to Tim not only about the Frisette and Day out of the office, but kind of his growth in the industry. Uh, It kind of... parallels a little bit Tommy Drury, although uh, Tim is also into the breeding side of it. Um, He's been, uh, I know he's won the award numerous times for leading breeder in Ohio, but he runs his own farm and currently uh, they stand national flag. Now he's uh, a graded stakes winning son of Spitestown that is just having his first crop now. So uh, he's uh, worked out a unique agreement with Windstar Farm. And I don't know why more state programs don't do this and why more Kentucky farms uh, don't join in in the process because uh, they can get a lot of stakes wins for their stallions that way. But at least this way, National Flag is going to be considered an Ohio stallion. So his foals are eligible to race in what's called the accredited. It should be changed to sire series. Um, and the 
open or registered Ohio bread program. So you, you get a daily double right there. But Tim's got an interesting background, and we'll be uh, asking him about that and his career and um, his uh, training center down in, uh, in, in Florida. And then uh, none other than, as you know, the man I admire is Ed Meyer. And Ed uh, got to be a little bit part of racing history uh, this past week. How did he do that, you say? Well, he uh, uh, got to call the race where Scoot and Boot Periutes, the 66-year-old phenom, passed Chris McCarron for becoming the sixth leading rider in the history of racing. Pretty awesome, if you ask me. Um, so anyhow, we're going to talk to Ed about that, and then Ed and I are going to take a stab. We're, we're going to give you uh, three days' worth of picks to watch, uh, uh, starting at Keeneland on Friday. It is the uh, Pin Oak Valley View, a grade three the $150,000 race, and folks, get out whatever you use to get your past performances because this is great race. It's a 12-horse field, and uh, there's uh, some horses uh, laying in the wings that could upset the apple cart because uh, both Stunning Sky at 7-2 and Antoinette uh, who is uh, listed at three to one are parked way on the outside in a mile and a 16th turf test at Keeneland. So it'll be interesting to get uh, Ed's input and uh, see how this angle plays. I know stunning sky has uh, usually shown the ability to rate a little bit, uh, before uh, it, it moves on. The horse will be getting better and better over the days of speed-wise. Mike Maker training on the turf, need I say more? But Antoinette, trained by Bill Mott, the Hall of Famer, and uh, this horse is uh, pretty much speed. And so, I, I, I'm guessing Manny Franco will probably have to kind of send this horse uh, out there uh, being con uh, parked out in the 12 hole. So uh, th that's the Pin Oak Valley. And uh, then uh, we're going to move on to the following day. Uh, and this too will be at the venerable Keeneland race course. The Lexus Raven Run is the name of the race. Seven furlongs, niche distance. Love this. And uh, the standouts in here are uh, Venetian Harbor and Four Graces. Now, Four Graces has only made six lifetime starts for trainer Ian Wilkes, but four wins and a second. Already is one for one at Keeneland and absolutely loves the seven furlongs. Regular rider Julian Le Peru will be in the saddle, but... That filly's not favored. Favored is Venetian Harbor, who's been facing uh, nothing but graded stakes company for her last four starts. And Manny Franco gets the call there, replacing Joel Rosario. And then we're going to look at Autumn 
miss stakes. We're going out to Santa Anita, and this one's on Sunday. And uh, Warren's Showtime, who loves Santa Anita, four starts, three wins, and a third, and loves a mile on the turf, seven starts, four victories, two thirds. Uh, she's a Calbred, but we saw Calbred last weekend uh, beat the quote open company in graded stakes races out there. So uh, it can happen again. Anyhow, we'll get Ed's input on that, but those are the races. Uh, if you're taking notes that uh, we will be uh, looking at uh, this week. Now, uh, last week it was uh, four graded stakes races winning in your in to get to the breeders cup held at Belmont park. The first is the uh, rather historic in its own right, the Champagne Stakes. Uh, th this horse has launched, this race has uh, launched many uh, a, a good horse. And uh, I'm trying to see if I can't pull it up real quick. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Champagne's been run since 1867. <laughs> And so you can imagine some pretty good horses uh, have uh, competed and won this race. Um, what's funny is there's a horse by the name of Stalwart that won in 1903. So obviously there's been some name change along the way. I remember Stalwart racing back in the 80s. But, uh, you know, Count Fleet uh, won this race. Uh, again, we're talking about the champagne. How, how about Never Bend, Bold Lad, Buck Passer, Vitriolic, uh, Reva Ridge, Stop the Music, uh, both Foolish Pleasure and Honest Pleasure won this race. And let's not forget these two nice horses, Seattle Slew, three nice in a row, 76, Seattle Slew, 77, Alidar, 78, Spectacular Bit. So, uh, it, it's a, a race with a lot of history behind it. And, uh, the history book, uh, update now goes to Jackie's warrior who went wire to wire and drew off Joel Rosario in the saddle, uh, riding for Steve Asmussen. Now this horse is undefeated on the Saratoga special and the hopeful grade two and a grade one and is training very good up uh, was training very good up until this race and like i said was very impressive a son of mclean's music uh jackie's warrior who is being ushered off i do believe to spendthrift farm where he's gonna uh stand uh, stand stud now um it's kind of interesting that a lot of uh, well, let's get through the races, then we'll see if we got time to talk about the amazing reduction in stud fees at the Kentucky Farms. But in the fifth race, again, let the cat out of the bag here. Day out of the office, rated for about half of the race, and just took over under Junior Alvarado. And now she remains undefeated. Day out of the office, got the job done over the heavily favored V-Quest, a... Uh, Winner of the grade one spin away for Derby winner Nyquist. And in the third spot was Scylla. Then we took a little break for a few races and came back at Belmont uh, for the Flower Bowl. And as we said, this was a kind of, kind of a tough race. And uh, a horse that I noted seemed to be getting faster every race 
is Civil Union. Now, Civil Union was a daughter of war front, by the way, his uh, stud fee got reduced significantly. <clears throat> Don't ask me why. He's still throwing plenty of winners, but he was standing for about a quarter million. I think he's down to 150000 now. But anyhow, Civil Union, beautiful ride by Joel Rosario. Uh, just kind of, uh, you know, let her relax. And she did. It's, it's funny. She's a five-year-old mare that's only made seven starts. Shug McGay's the trainer. And there are some gaps in the horse's uh, running line, uh, particularly from uh, 18 to 19. And uh, last year only made one start. But come back, looks like she's fit. Now she's won four in a row. Civil Union rallied from sixth uh, to take down the mile-and-a-quarter flower bowl. The uh, winner, my sister Nat, who rallied from last and... Uh, just couldn't get there in time. Of course, she uh, Jose Ortiz had to take her six wide, and that definitely cost uh, some uh, real estate for third. Third was uh, a horse I've always liked. Nay, Lady Nay, a daughter of No Nay Never. Chad Brown trains I read Ortiz rides, finished third in the grade one flower bowl. And then rounding out the day of winning your in races, it was the prestigious jockey club gold cup and the winner in here he's a rising star. And I hope to see if they can squeeze this horse into the breeders cup. Obviously it's the winning your end. They don't have to worry about it, but happy saver was only making its fourth career lifetime start. Here's another horse that's undefeated in its career. Todd Pletcher trains. I read Ortiz rides uh, one by th uh, three and a quarter lengths. Beautiful ride slipped through on the inside and got the best of Mystic Guide, who had a brief lead. And then the odds on favorite. I'm not betting this horse anymore. He'll probably be retired this year. Anyhow, is the son of Tappet Tacitus, who, as you may recall, uh, back in... Uh, 19 ran second in the Belmont Stakes. All right, that's a look at uh, the action we covered last week, the action we're about to cover this week. Now we're going to take a quick break, and we come back, we're going to be talking to a guy that's getting a lot of headlines and good reason for it, none other than trainer Tim Ham. in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, like I said, I don't know how many exactly, but I'm going to say a guy I've known for over 20 years. Tim Ham is with us, and as I told you at the top of the show, he finally got the, the spotlight he deserves. Uh, day out of the office, a scoring in the, the Frizette Stakes. Now, this is a race that is not to be taken lightly. Tim, did you know that 13? horses that came out of that race went on to, to championship status. John, I knew because I've read a lot of articles this week and something I learned through some of the reading I've done about the race and the Breeders' Cup and, and so forth. But going in, I did not know that. I mean, it, it's pretty awesome. And and so is this horse. But I, I, I don't want to uh, get too far ahead of myself because uh, you, you're a very interesting uh, story in that um, – and because I was right there, I got to watch you rise on on the Ohio scene. And uh, it just seems like you've got a really good machine uh, set up for creating winners. And quite frankly, for our listeners out there, Tim has a marvelous hand with young horses, in particular fillies. He's had some great champions in Ohio. But, uh, man, when he's in a two-year-old race, look out. Uh, Tim, kind of describe – I know – I still see your father at the track. How much of an influence was he on on you, um, you know, getting into the racing game and, and, and learning the ropes? Uh, very big influence, John. My dad was an auto worker at General Motors in Lordstown, Ohio. He had a few uh, cheap horses when Mountaineer was running for $1,500 pots. So growing up, his influence was we didn't have a choice but to go down the barn and do chores in the evening. So, you know, I kind of got a, a flavor of it for that. I remember mowing the grass when I was like 10 years old prior to any of that even happening with my dad getting involved and watching my watch saying, hey, the Kentucky Derby's on today. And I got off and ran in. My buddies are like, what are you, what are you watching? I'm like, I want to watch his horse race. So for some reason, it's always been somewhere back there in my blood and, and uh, 
the first thing I, I uh, you know, coming up through my dad, I, you know, I got to be around some of what he did at Mountaineer. And then uh, first thing I did when I got uh, my own career going was I went down to OBS and bought a bought a two-year-old, and it kind of took off from there. And, uh, and, and your brother was part of the team uh, back in the day, and he, he's gone on to uh, uh, reach new heights, too, with, with Three Chimneys uh, Farm, uh, your brother Tom, uh, who I've had on as a guest in the past. So it, it's kind of neat that uh, you branched into graded stakes horses, and he uh, branched into breeding graded stakes horses. So uh, it, it was uh, a team effort. But uh, like I said, I've got this photo of you, your brother, and your dad. And I, I found it hard to believe. Believe Tim that Rose Colored Lady was your first winner. Well, I think it was John. You know, early on when I was buying some horses and doing uh, a lot of construction, my, like I said, my dad had a trainer's license. We ran some of them in his name early on, and then around '96, uh, it kind of picked up momentum, and I got a trainer's license and started '95 uh, or '96. So, yeah, that's that would be correct. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't she the dam of too much bling who went on to become a graded stakes horse? She was. She sure was. She had the four foals she had when when we owned her were all stakes winners, including too much bling. Wow, that that is great. So uh, the evolution, I understand that you have a farm at Nocala, which has probably a lot to do with you getting those two-year-olds so fit and ready to roll when they, when they come up north. Yeah, absolutely, John. We uh, bought a farm in Ocala in 95, um, bro- have broken all the babies that came through our hands since that day. It's grown a little bit, uh, the farm has since then, but it's the same philosophy, and we've tweaked our program as we gain more knowledge about the young horse along the way, but we've done them all each year by ourselves. We've had several grade one winners come through here. Um, too much bling wasn't a grade one, but he won several graded. We had wait a while, won the eclipse. We had Sky Diva, who was Sky Mesa's first grade one winner. So we've had our hands on a lot of really good horses, um, normally sold them before they got to this, this point. Well, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to get that out of day out of the office, but Tim, you've really had a great set of building blocks and actually a lot of foresight into ways of being successful in racing. And one of them is something that happened, I'm going to say a half a dozen years ago, ballpark, which you developed a relationship with Windstar Farm that has been extremely beneficial uh, to both you and Windstar, and now may be beneficial to the state of Ohio with the standing of national flag. We did, John. Um, that, that relationship on a much smaller note probably goes back uh, to about 06, I think, is when it really uh, started in the uh, inception of it with a couple horses. But we formed a breeding partnership uh, like six, seven years ago, um, and that has developed into another partnership called Windblaze, where we stand a stallion in Ohio. So we've nurtured that along. They've been great, great partners and uh, a huge part of uh, our success in the state of Ohio, both breeding and racing. And through that relationship and uh, some stuff, uh, my brother's moved around Kentucky. He's now with Three Chimneys. We got involved with Sienna through, actually through Jeff Hazlett of Taylor Made. So, you know, not to, I like to, 
mention some of these people that really have helped us grow um, around the uh, around the state of Kentucky, especially. And and like I said, Jeff introduced us to Santa, and my brother's contacts down there have been very influential as well. Well, uh, no, feel feel free because you're you're the kind of guy that doesn't lump all the credit on yourself, and you, you do spread it on, which is a great personal quality. Now, your relationship with Sienna that you just alluded to uh, brought about the uh, partnership with Day Out of the Office. I was glad to see your name listed as one of the owners uh, along with Sienna Farms. So uh, uh, there'll be residuals coming your way, I think, way way down the road. Uh, but uh, right now, uh, describe what it was like uh, to, to get this horse in your hands for the first time. Well, obviously, it's an end of mischief. He's become probably twice as hot as he was when we uh, partnered on her back in the fall, although he was plenty hot then, but he's done nothing wrong in the meantime. Um, like I said, we've done some partnerships with Sienna over the last five years. Uh, beautiful Philly Scopey. Um, just had the opportunity to get involved with Sienna on her, and we were fortunate that it worked out. And uh, from day one, she acted like a star, to be honest. I mean, uh, we we had a bunch of babies down here last winter. I think we had around 70. And uh, the cream rises, you could tell by January, February, who the really good ones a- acted like they were going to be. And for the most part, that's how it turned out. Well, you know, when I, when I look at a running line and I listen to some comments on TVG, uh, they, they were kind of uh, speculating on your, uh, your your handling of the horse is was the fact that they go, well, this horse has been working out at, at Thistledown and Belterra Park, uh, you know, uh, it, you know, almost saying like that was a knock on the horse. And then some people were saying, well, why has the horse been away uh, since July? Were you just kind of uh, pointing towards the Frisette or did, did, was she growing at the time? Because there was that big break, break in there. Well, I'll give you, I'll address the first one first as far as tr- where she was training. I've never trained a horse smart enough to realize the, what dirt she was training on and what, what part of the country it was in. So to me, Thistledown is a very, very good surface to train over. I've said that since day one. I've been all over the country. I honestly don't know that there's any better training surface in the country than Thistledown. Um, so that, I think that's a great service to train on in Belterra's track. She was there for a short time and certainly did her no harm. So from that standpoint, that would be my my opinion there. Um, as far as the breaks, that filly made her first start in May. She's a big, growthy filly. Um, we've trained two-year-olds, as we just discussed, since uh, the mid-'90s. And I know for one thing for sure, if you start one in their first start in May going four-and-a-half and you hone on them all the way till November, you're going to come up with an empty tank somewhere along the way. So even though she started early, we waited 60-some days to run her back in the Schuylerville. We thought off her first effort, she wanted the opportunity to step up and run with that company, and she did it. And the spacing we felt was great to go from there to the uh, Frazetta. It would have been the Frazetta or Alcibiades. We landed on the Frazetta. Um, the one-turn mile was a natural progression off of the six furlongs in our mind. Uh, we, you know, we talked it over with Sienna. We made a team team decision, and we felt the one-turn mile was the logical progression, and uh, we felt it would get us plenty tight and give her the opportunity 
to compete at the highest level in the Breeders' Cup. It was, it you know, it was kind of a plan all the way through, and we wanted to have enough force left at the end to uh, put a couple races tight and have her at her best. Well, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this evening, Tim, was because, like I said, some people are like Tim Ham. Oh. Who's Tim Ham? And I just wanted to paint the picture that this isn't some guy that jumped out of the woodwork or you know was a uh, you know a, a, a Pletcher uh, you know uh, trainee that's moved out on his own. I mean, you have the foundation uh, to bring a horse up, and now to eventually, deservedly so, uh, they <clears throat> you're you have runners entrusted to you that can perform. At, at, at the graded stakes level, I mean, it, it, I, I just want to introduce people and just say, look, this guy, this guy didn't just fall off the turnip truck. Uh, he's he's paid his dues, and you've done a sensational job all through your career, and you've launched the career of a lot of good horses. Um, so right away, I just want to get that out, saying this guy's, you know, nobody. Maybe his name is new to you, but Tim, I, I think you're going to be around for a while, and I think. Um, God, I'm praying, you know, should you do well in the Breeders' Cup that uh, people aren't going to forget who you are. Well, I appreciate that, John. And we've certainly done it from the ground up and with some of our own sweat and blood here. And, you know, we've learned a lot of the ways with our own money and our own horses. And then it's built into some partnerships that uh, had some very great partners. And uh, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. Well, not a problem. Uh, Straight from the heart. And, but uh, day out of the office, getting to watch her again, because I did watch the Schuylerville and <clears throat> 20 to 1. Thank you very much, Tim. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, the horse had its doubters. But um, when I watched the Frisette, I mean, you know, they did the, you know, the low-level replays and things like that. I mean, she looks like a beast. Like I said, big, strong, scopey filly, um, imposing to look at, uh, and uh, she does everything right. She's very push button, which is you know one of the qualities that make horses good. They, she goes on cue from the rider. She's she's just a great horse to be around. Now, Tim, it's a term we hear, and one of the reasons we're all here listening to this and um, is to learn things along the way. The term scopey. Well, what exactly are you describing when you say she's a big scopey filly? Okay, she's got some leg underneath her, um, got some got some stretch to her body, got a got a lot of balance between her shoulder and hip, and they're connected by uh, a nice amount of leg and, a, and enough back length on her to uh, carry her speed over a distance. And the really good horses that I've been around have her attributes. Um, uh, wait a while, certainly had a very similar body type, too much bling, had a similar body type. And um, Sky Diva had a similar body type. Uh, interesting story about Sky Diva and Wait A While. I'd bought Wait A While in 2005, 2004, 2005 at the Keeneland Yearling Sale. I went back the next year and bought Sky Diva. And Jeff Puglisi and Steve Claceres bought Sky Diva, and they were the underbidder on Wait A While. So I told Steve, I said, don't be the underbidder on Sky Diva. She's wait a while on a brown wrapper. She was a chestnut, and the wait a while was a gray. And he said, you think so? I said, I'm telling you, Steve, it's the same horse in a brown wrapper. Now, Sky Diva won the Frisette, and they sold her to Japan. And I don't really – I didn't follow her career that much after that, but I um, 
it was uh, might have been Steve's grade first grade one winner at the time. Don't quote me on that, but it could have been. But it it came out to fruition. And my point there is, if you look at if to me, you can see a horse with good balance, good size and stretch, and they're usually a pretty good horse. Well, Tim, over the years I've known you, I've always known you as, you know, a level-headed guy that doesn't get too excited. But uh, you have to tell me, uh, do you get a little special feeling realizing we're going to the Breeders' Cup and she could be the favorite? You know, John, when you say that right there, just give me a little chill, to be honest. Um, I can tell you this, since her race, um, enjoyed that night, relaxed for a couple hours. We're back at it Sunday morning. And we're going to work hard, and I'm going to spend about a little time at the Breeders' Cup with her, so I'm going to enjoy that. But the next day, it'll be right back to it, and uh, it is exciting. We're we're excited about it. We've got a crew uh, that works really hard. I mean, our whole staff uh, puts a lot into that, and so we're we're excited for all of them. And one of the guys that's been with me 20-some years is Alfredo Clemente, who you know. Um, yeah. He's, he's their, her main exercise rider. He'll be traveling to Breeders' Cup to get on her every morning. So, uh, you know, some exciting things for people that have been with me many, many, many years. So I'm excited for the whole team. Scooter well, Davis so- come on board, and you've known Scooter in his name, and he's been a huge, huge asset to our two-year-old program. Um, so, you know, we've got some people that deserve to uh, to enjoy it with us. Well, Tim, you know, it, it was funny, you know, I, I was reading the different quotes and he's like, well, we're just going to let this horse chill and I'm taking her back to Pennsylvania. And I'm like, Pennsylvania It's like, oh, that's right. Tim races at Presque Isle. So <laughs> well, what are the plans for the next uh, two weeks or so as we lead up to the Breeders' Cup? Uh, she's currently at Presque Isle. She'll leave there midweek next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, go down to uh, Keeneland and we'll train there up to Breeders' Cup. So when when did you think you'll get to Keeneland? Uh, midweek next week, probably Wednesday-ish, whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, she'll get in there and she'll spend uh, the rest of the time up the Breeders' Cup there. Great, great. Well, uh, uh, Tim, I'm guessing that uh, uh, Junior Alvarado, who's done nothing wrong, will be back in the saddle? He will be absolutely, absolutely. He's, they've, uh, they're excited to ride her, and we're excited to have him ride her. He knows the filly well, and he'll be back up. Well, you know, I, I, I know they're kind of, uh, you know, limiting the amount of people that can be at Keeneland. But if I go down to Kentucky and get a groom's license, will you hire me for a, do- a day, and I'll walk some hots for you? No doubt, John. You call any time. You're in. <laughs> 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 okay. Hey, I, I know how to walk a horse in the circle. You you can give me uh, somebody that's not as important as day out of the office, but uh, I'll do a good job for you, Tim. I just, I want to be down there. I want to be it. And I, and I li- like to be around people that I like, and you're certainly one of them. Well, we'd love to see you down there, John. Like I said, anytime, open invitation, just come on down. All right. Thanks a lot. That was Tim Ham. He's going to have an exciting day uh, as we lead up to the Breeders' Cup. And uh, again, uh, she may be favored and she looks great on paper, but she looks better in person. Day out of the office is all business. Well, that's uh, our uh, interview with Tim Ham. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking with... A man I very much admire. You know who it is. Admire.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and uh, now a man who is no stranger to this show. Uh, I think sometimes people think he's uh, one of the three numbers I have in my phone and I have to keep calling him back, but no. Ed Meyer was uh, the host of Winning Ponies long before I was. Uh, but then uh, certain job opportunities took him away from this microphone and turned him to other microphones, including uh, one that let him be a track announcer. And uh, with no further ado, I bring on the show none other than Ed Meyer. Steady Eddie, how are you? Good evening, John. You sound in good spirits. You sound, uh, sound like a man who's ready and headed for the Breeders' Cup, I understand. I, I might be. I can hot walk for Tim Ham. Hell yeah. If that'll get me in the door. Uh, he said he'd get me in one or the other, so I don't know. Maybe he'll lead me over. But, uh, hey, you, you, you've you called a, a lot of races, that, uh, particularly stakes races, that Tim Ham has won. Uh, what are your observations of him over the years? <laughs> Incredible. I'll tell you what. You've watched the guy start off pretty good really good and every time when he shows up it's it's always exciting early in the year he had a three horse entry any any of the three could have actually won john it was early early in the year belterra and i called it the ham sandwich i said it could it could be the top the middle the bottom the bun it's the ham sandwich any of the three it was kind of like uh having ollie frazier and mike tyson it was like 
who could win, and they could jump up and win at any time. I mean, it was like having 15 aces in your hand. I'm a big fan of Tim Ham's, and I was at an Ohio Awards program with you once, and I really enjoyed listening to Tim, his uh, his focus on, on the future and horse racing, especially in the Ohio program, his dedication in, in all points elsewhere. Tim is one of the good guys of racing, and uh, I'll tell you what, I'd love to see you hot walk up. Maybe he'll give you a pony. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to he's not going to put day in the office in my hands. I can tell you that. But, uh, <laughs> no. Ed, uh, well, I wanted to have you on this show for a couple of reasons. Of course, number one, you're an outstanding handicapper. Uh, but number two, you got to be a little part of uh, some racing history this week. I didn't let the cat out of the bag early in the show to tell everybody what it was. So. I will let you, Mr. Edmire, take the stage and tell me what happened on closing day with two races left in the season. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what. I didn't sleep at all the night before. I was so excited for Perry. It's 66 years young, and he has now, the night before, tied Chris McCarron as the sixth all-time winningest rider ever, ever, not this year, Ever with 7,141 wins, and he had five wonderful mounts. Now, this is the night before, and I'm dilly dallying on Facebook, and I'm you know wishing some people best of luck. I, I always like to support the local guys and gals, and the riders, and everyone involved. And then all of a sudden, poop, I get a little, little personal message from Michael Evans II from Sheltwee Farm, and I absolutely a big fan. And he said, no, Ed, he doesn't have five mounts. He's got six. He picked up my horse. Rahelia Miranda was injured, and I believe it was a collarbone, if, if I have that correct. And, it, and I wish him nothing but the best on his healing and, you know, and, and good vibes for his healing uh, progress there. But Perry was, was the recipient of a pure speed horse, from Michael Evans II, who was 2-1 to one in a compact field. And when he broke from the gate, John, it just gave me chills. He got on top, and he hung about three on the field. And he got about three and a half. Then he cut it back down to two and a half. It looked like Eric Reed's runner uh, was going to actually, uh, Passion Heart was going to try to wheel in Perry. By the time he hit the eighth pole, I could feel the chills running down my arm. By the time he hit the 16th pole, I could feel a lump in my throat the size of a, a softball. Watching win number 7142 for, for Perry Utes was just an honor. It was a privilege. I've been watching him since I've been a young lad with my dad going to the races. And all of this came flooding back as you're watching this guy just ply his trade like very few ever have. He went wire to wire, made every poll and winning one for Michael Evans a second with Wind Me Up Baby, incredible pure speed runner there. Broke sharp, never looked back, wins by three and a quarter lengths. And John, I was on hand and got to call the race for 71.42. Ed, what was your final 40 yards? Do you remember the words that came out? Ah, let's see. Uh, as Perry Utes approaches with uh, to notch uh, win number 71.42, he, com- he becomes the sixth all-time leadingest rider in history. That was pretty oh. cool. And oh. also, uh, I thought it was pretty cool that, uh, uh, that there was certainly no jealousy on the part of Chris McCarron, and Perry was given kudos from some of the best that ever got in the saddle. What 
what a class act. I mean, a true class act and, and a great investor for the sport, John. And, you know, we kind of worked kind of behind the scenes, a, a group of us to have maybe Pat Day on there, who's one of the best ambassadors the racing could ever ask for, Chris McCarron, who's whose record he was going to pass. Now, usually when you're getting a record passed, you might have that little, uh, you might have something to do, but not Chris Yeah, McCann. yeah, I might say, well, Ed, I'd love to cut this video, <laughs> but uh, I'd I'm like to be there, but I can't. Somewhere. <laughs> and then we topped it off with W.J. Danner, who was, who gave him his first boot up with his first win at Beulah Park with Rablu on, I believe, April 2nd, 1973. And, it was it was a feel good, and then there was a wonderful clip from the Hennigan Brothers movie that was actually out there, and it just was I'm going to ride this train until they throw me off. It, wow! It, it just saying it gives me chills again, and watching someone that that I've enjoyed in my own backyard per se of River Downs, Beulah, Latonia, Turfway Park, and watching him watching him do his magic. There's been nobody better on speed in this area. Old Scootin' Boot, he didn't let him down, and he, you know. Back in the early part of the summer, when he was about 28 wins away, there was a lot of, wow, yeah, that's a tall task. I said, no, he'll get it. It'll be in the last couple of days. And, well, you it had came your down doubters, the last two didn't months. you? Yeah. <laughs> you had a lot he, he of made people a sweat going, of it. ah, see it, he can't get it, he can't get it. Yeah, go ahead and doubt Perry. I'll, I'll take those bets right now. Oh, well, I told you I wouldn't book it. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it, it was an amazing day. It was a great scene, uh, you know, in the wind circle. Um, you know, it was just a, it was a very cool day. I, I was blessed that Perry – I just looked up on my bookshelf, and I've got uh, Perry Utes, 15th leading rider. These are on goggles. Perry Utes, he signed it, and he put 15th leading rider. So how long have we been doing this? And then he well. gave me the, it's uh, uh, he, he missed it by just a couple, but you know what? It might it might have just been cranked up, or or who the heck knows? It might have been just uh, you might have caught him back, and he hadn't even towed off yet, John. But I'm I'm sure that he'll be more than happy to for you sign uh, anything you have, or because you've uh, you actually have watched Perry for the the blunt of his career through all the well, wonderful years. You had you've had the great uh, the great honor, but you know some, something that really kind of caught my eye is when Pete Rose sent in a video. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that, that cool? That was great. Oh, I loved it. I, I mean, Pete Rose, I mean, you got the hit king, and now you got the six all-time leading rider. Pete kind of touched on where he had wagered on him, made a couple $2 wagers in his past, I'm sure, but uh, he really followed Perry's, and it, that was really touching. And, and actually, I saw it on a TVG uh, clip on Twitter, and it was so cool. Perry was really touched. Yeah, and... and- you know, again, you know, you you watch, quote, the little guy, because while he's the sixth leading rider, you can go back in there and and look at Purse's one. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, this guy has, has done all this. And, Ed, think about it. And I always, when I used to give tours uh, at, at the track, I would say, ladies and gentlemen, who in this crowd has ever done something over 51,000 times in their life other than blink or smile? And they'd all look at me with a deadpan face, and I would point to Periutes on the horse galloping by. I said, that man has ridden in over 51,000 races. How awesome is that, man? Only oh, one it's, guy it's incredible. And, you know, very few people would have really been able to put it so eloquently as you've known Perry for 
I, I'm not ashamed to say it, and I'm sure you're not ashamed either. Over 30 years. For a years, great Ed. number of years. Over 30, and, I'll and be you, honest. You, you, great friends, and, and he has the greatest respect. When he saw you, that you there on that day with your camera, only good things are going to happen, and, and good luck was abound. And you're, you know, even on a side note, uh, uh, your good friend John McKee was the leading rider of the meet. So it was only a, a, double, a double dip cone for you, my friend. You, you had one heck of a day. I did. I did. You know, two very close friends. Me, one that I always admired as a veteran rider, even though we're about the same age. And then <laughs> one that I watched uh, uh, coming up before he ever even won his first race uh, to go on and become, uh, well, that's his third uh, title uh, in, in Cincinnati. Uh, but his first title came when he was an apprentice, uh, John McKee, uh, I'm talking about right now. But no, it was a very, very cool day. Um, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, as you said, uh, quoting the Hennigan Brothers uh, Iron Man Periutes documentary that won the Eclipse Award, I'm going to ride this train till they throw me off. It's not like he got off that. Uh, you know, horse and clapped his, you know, wiped his hands and did a Costanza. Like, uh, nope. I'm out of here now. You know, my <laughs> he rode my the next day at Keeneland. I know. I had 11 mounts of Keeneland listed. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just great. Well, listen, we could do a whole show on Perry, but oh, I yeah. have you a skilled handicapper. We're going to do three races in about six minutes. And uh, all right, we're going to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we're going to start with what I think is one of the best betting races coming up this weekend, and that's the Pin Oak Valley. And the reason is for people that like to play upsetter, um, Stunning Sky and Antoinette, uh, the, the two standouts on paper, are parked on the outside in a mile and a 16th turf test at Keeneland. Now, when you you made mention of Antoinette, you're getting three to one. If you could lock that in, I would say go early and 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 bet early and bet often. Uh, Manny Franco aboard. This is a Godolphin training John. Bill Mott, who's winning 29 percent from a small sampling, but yet it's a short meet. It's a boutique meet. Exiting out of the the Belmont Oaks, a Grade One event, and ran a beautiful second there that day. It was three two three wide coming down under Johnny V. But they're going to cut back in distance, and I think this is going be the main telltale here. A mile and a quarter back to a mile and a sixteenth, you're going to have to go back to October 24th of 2019, almost a year later, where this gal by hard spun broke her maiden going a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. I think Antoinette is going to be doubly dangerous. Manny Franco is an incredibly underrated rider. He comes from the New York area for the most part, but he rides all points elsewhere. I'm a big fan of Manny Franco, big fan of Bill Mott here, and I don't think the 12 hole is going to be such such a real bad situation with all the speed here. I see Antoinette three to one. Bet early and bet often. Now you, you know who uh, Manny Franco's agent is now. Uh, is it uh, is it Cordero? Yes, Angel Cordero Jr. <laughs> and he he rode the Derby on Tis's Law, Tis the Law, uh, with Cordero's. Uh, old saddle which had which had graced the winner's circle i think five times with different riders um that, that was a pretty cool story all right oh, so wow. you're gonna say 
you're going to say Antoinette can overcome the outside post. Well, let's move on to the next day at Keeneland, the Lexus Raven Run. And I, I, I know that you've, uh, you know, you called me a, a, a chalk-eating meister over the years. I've got a horse in here that I like at 20 to 1. But let me hear your picks first. It looks like Venetian Harbor and Four Graces are being tabbed as the horses to beat. Agreed. On paper, you're right. Go a little deeper. And you like a price? Here's one for you. The 10 horse, Secret Keeper. Th- you know, two for three, just exits the grade three Tory Pine from Del Mar. But, John, the best part about this is we're going to cut back in distance once again. Big fan of that. Had a 56 day layoff. This three old filly by Into Mischief for Clifford Sice. BJ Hernandez aboard. I think Kentucky and all points elsewhere are really familiar with BJ Hernandez. And I believe. This gal is going to be able to stalk right off the pace from the outside. Hernandez is not going to be in any trouble. Going to be a little wide. He's a good race rider. He'll drop over a little bit, save a little ground. And I see Secret Keeper, if the pace is hot, Secret, the faster they run, the better she likes it. 44-3, and three, she lays off the pace going five and a half and scores. The faster they go, the better she likes it. There's my price at 12-1, to 1, Secret Keeper. All right, at, at 12 to 1. Well, I'll give you my price, horse. <clears throat> and uh, she's down on the rail. Uh, it's a daughter of Warfront by the name of Never Forget. And <clears throat> if, if you look at this, this was just a you know, nice animal, you know. I mean, homebred, Gwats, Humphrey, extremely good uh, uh, bloodlines. But the horse didn't break its maiden until it was at Indiana, August 4th. But the thing I noticed there is... That's the race where they threw blinkers on this horse. So they were so impressed with that effort um, that they moved her up to grade two company. And she was pretty impressive at 23 to one and ran only a length and three quarters behind four graces. Okay. So these horses are only separated by less than a length. Four graces is five to two. Never forget now that she's got blinkers on is 20 to 1 and she just had the fastest work of 117 horses at Keeneland just the other day. That was the part that sealed the deal for me. I'm not a fan of the one hole going seven furlongs. I'm just not a fan of it. But Robbie Alvarado is a heady rider. He'll find a way out. And trust you me, he'll move over a notch or two, and it won't be a problem. If it had been a younger rider that's coming up, they can get trapped down there. They can get shut off. I saw one today go into the gap a little bit, you know, as I was just kind of uh, you know, perusing uh, the, the whole Keeneland card. But the seller point for me was on October 10th at Keeneland, four furlongs, 46 flat, the best of 117. And as you just heard Tim Ham, they're going to be training at Keeneland. These are everyone that run four furlongs at this day. You could be running into some real monsters there. You're not having to race against them, but your, your time establishes itself. And I think at 46 flat, I think you might have something here at 21, John. All right, uh, we're down to about 45 seconds. One mile on the turf at Santa Anita on Sunday. The autumn mist. Take it, Ed. They don't beat Flavian Pratt at 9-5. to Warren Showtime for Craig Lewis is winning 20%. One of my favorite angles. We got a horse for a course here, John. Four for four in the money, three of which are winners. Flavian Pratt's winning 25% of the turf. Get it while you can. 
Thank you very much. That's the one horse I have a big X by. So I'll just be looking for some horses to put underneath. Well, Ed Meyer, as always, it is a pleasure to hear your voice and have conversation with you. Uh, thanks for giving us that great description of the closing day at Belterra Park. And I'll probably... Uh, you know, stay in touch with you. Uh, continue sending me those exercise videos because uh, sure af- after gaining those COVID calories, <laughs> I need all the exercise I can get. I, you looked great on the track the other day. You looked wonderful. Thank you very much. All right. That was Ed Meyer, good friend of mine. Another guy's a good friend of mine, uh, Tim Hamm, uh, the trainer a day out of the office. Uh, watch for this filly in the Breeders' Cup. She is a monster. So tell your friends, hey, I heard a great show on Winning Ponies, and hey, it's on podcast. You can pull it down anytime you want. want to thank my producer, Josh, for keeping me in line. Thank both of my guests, and thank you for listening when you go to the races bet with your head not over it thanks for listening to winning ponies with john Inglehart. we hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post join us for more insight next thursday at 8 p.m eastern time 5 p.m pacific on the voice america variety channel also look for our weekly newsletter have a great week And may your photos always be winners.